Welcome to the Female Physician Entrepreneurs Podcast. This podcast is actually a spin-off of a Facebook group. My name is Sharon McLaughlin. I created that Facebook group for female physicians so that they would have a place to come and learn about business, to network, and to grow. And we've done just that. So if you're interested, take a look at our show notes for our website, as well as a direct link to the Facebook group. This podcast is going to be about everything business. So let's listen along as we hear about tips to help grow our business. In today's episode, we speak to Dr. Gavitha Sandura-Morthy. She is a double board certified psychiatrist and a physician relationship coach. She's been trained in CBT, DBT, and various types of couple counseling methodologies. After struggling in her own intimate relationships, she began a journey 10 years ago to combine Eastern and Western methods to create her own unique approach to healing triggers and restoring friendships, trust, communication, and relationships as quickly as possible. For the past few years, she works exclusively with women physicians in her signature program, Heal Your Relationships from the Inside Out. She helps them master these skills in just 90 days. She is originally from Tamil Nadu, India, and lives with her spouse, daughter, and three cats in Connecticut. In her spare time, she loves chatting and giggling with good friends, traveling, and writing. Dr. Sons, thank you so much for being here today. I wanted to ask you, you know, you started on this journey, you're a physician relationship coach. How did you get into this? Well, Sharon, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really excited to be on your podcast. We've been uh, wanting to connect for a while, and it's such an honor. Uh, I follow your Facebook group um, religiously and learn so much from from that. So it's it's really fun to do this. Um, yes, my journey <laughs> was a pretty convoluted path. <laughs> Let me put it that way. So I, w- I was born and raised in India and spent a few years in the UK. My dad was a physician and ophthalmologist. And so he was training in the UK. And then we went back to India and they had a really rough childhoods themselves my parents and had a really um strained relationship my mom was a a child she was 15 and a half when she got married to my dad who was 30 at the time and so i think she was almost like the oldest child among us and uh, they had a very parentified relationship and so that was the model that i had i felt loved and I felt scared of the violence. And so that's what I grew up seeing. And then my mom actually, unfortunately committed suicide when I was a teenager. And so that really shifted things for me. And I was in, I just started med school. So I continued, went into psychiatry. I've always been interested in how the mind works and how people and their relationships work. It's always been fascinating to me. So I went into psychiatry and came here to do my residency um, at UConn. And there was a point at which I realized I knew what not to do, but I didn't know what to do, right? So when I had intimate relationships, right? And I've always been clear that family and being a parent and having a, a you know, family life was my biggest goal. Right. So, and I couldn't make them work. My intimate relationships would start off great, then fizzle and end in a lot of pain. And there was a lot of back and forth. And I noticed that I was doing a lot of the things that 
I vowed that I wouldn't do, but when I got triggered, I would go back to, I would lean on what I knew, right? So um, after about three failed relationships and a divorce, uh, I think it was 2010, I was in India for a vacation. And I remember in the middle of the night going to Google and I put in, why are my relationships failing? <laughs> and that was the beginning of kind of a rabbit hole adventure and journey into the world of relationships and the neurobiology behind relationships. And so that's kind of how I began that while I was in parallel doing my um, sort of fellowship and the, the classic psychiatrist journey, I was also learning this on the side. And to be honest, this, this would be my passion. Even when I was doing the others, I would be up till three o'clock in the morning learning about all these things, right? So, um, and then I started teaching this and sharing this with my friends who were struggling because it really shifted my, I, sometimes I think I don't know that I'd be alive, let alone have the life I have now without this work. You know, I was really um, uh, struggling without this. So then I started sharing to, to my friends who were struggling in their relationships and slowly grew as this side thing that I was doing. And then people started saying, you know, why don't you go online? Because people from India would reach out to me, but I couldn't see them because I was here. So then I went online and this was like two and a half years ago. And things have really like shifted to the point that I've now given up my um, inpatient work and I do this full time and I love it. I am so fortunate to get to do it. Thank you for being so transparent, really, with your story and with everything that you're doing. Why physicians per se? So why physicians? That's a great question. I have, I would say it boils down to two big reasons. One, because my practice is so full right now that I just don't, I started working with physicians and I don't have time or space and there's so much need in our community. And I don't want to say no to physicians to help someone else because I understand our world you know? So that's one big reason. And the second big reason is more personal. I think my dad was, uh, as I said, a very successful physician, um, came from abject poverty, did the life work of like five generations, created this huge empire of hospitals back home. But that meant that we lived in a kind of a fortress and no one knew what was happening on the inside, right? Because from the outside, we looked so successful and we had this image to maintain and this reputation to maintain. And I see that mirrored in a lot of our physician families, right? I was speaking to someone yesterday and she was like, but I shouldn't be feeling this way. I mean, I'm lucky. I have you know, food on the table. I have this beautiful home. I have two nice cars. We go on vacations. Like, why am I feeling this way? And I think that's part of what actually really, really hurt my family growing up is that feeling of, oh, this isn't real. The struggles we're feeling can't be real because we're not starving, right? And so I, I feel a big need to reach out. And I think partly selfishly, because when I heal another physician's family and I can help in that process, I feel like I'm reaching back into my own past and, and yeah, healing that, I guess. For someone starting off on a path, learning medicine and practicing, they're thinking about other things, 
what advice would you give to them? Would you do with your path that you've taken, would you have done anything differently? And even see yeah, us stepping away from medicine because so many of us were in this position where we're thinking about it, but we haven't done it. Not sure whether to stop. We've worked so many years to get where we are and to go part-time. Any advice you can possibly give? Yeah, sure. So uh, what I would do differently, I'll, I'll tackle that one first. I wish I'd done it earlier. I've heard this a lot. Yeah. I was, um, as, as many of us are, with good reason, I was trapped by the handcuffs of the dependable, quote unquote, good salary of medicine. And I still think, you know, if you love the work, that's a beautiful byproduct, right? But there was a couple of years, a few years in there where I remember repeating to many people, I feel like I'm just a cog in a wheel. I just feel like I'm in a cog in a wheel. And I remember saying that to many people when they asked, you know, how's my job? I would say, I love it. I love psychiatry, but I feel like I'm a cog in a wheel. So I wish that I had figured this out a little bit earlier and taken the leap. Um, What helped me finally take the leap, right, was the fact that I had figured out my relationship that I had a kind of a secure base. You know, when people go mountaineering and they have a, a base camp, a home base, that they can come and rest and replenish and sleep at so then they can go and try risky things out in the mountains. I feel like doing this work gave me that base camp and I started being able to take risks in my life. And so um, that's what really finally shifted. And you asked me a third component is um, what I heard is how, what would I advise people who might be looking at this? You know, other than uh, figure out and try it, like what's the worst that can happen? You are a physician for life. You will always be able to go back and pick up locums or overnight shifts or something but this opportunity, don't give up on it, try it out. I always tell myself, what is the worst that can happen, right? It's just an adventure, right? So that's one thing I would say. And and to trust in your own capacity to figure stuff out. Trust in your capacity that you will figure stuff out, whatever happens, right? If you're looking for the external circumstance to um, be right, 90% 90% of our life is chaos right. and, and craziness. So um, trust in yourself and, and take the leap. What's the worst that can happen? And the second thing I would say is how I did it, at least I went part-time first. I went part-time first and uh, I started building up my online practice and I really started enjoying it. And I shifted when I was able to make in my current practice the bare essentials of what I need to be able to manage bills wise. (laughs) So when I was able to just like take care of the mortgage along with my spouse's, you know, income together, if we're able to do mortgage and our basic, basic needs, there's, then you need to go take the risk. So that's what I did. I I did went part-time developed it to that level. And then I was like, all right, I need to jump off. And if I can't fly, what's the worst? I can go back and figure something else. Really great advice. Relationships, since you do relationships, any tips out there for whether it's physicians, non-physicians? You know, I, to me, most relationships 
problems revolve around money, although not always. Communication, I think, is number one. But what are your tips as far as, like, what do you, any advice that you can give? Absolutely. So one of the things that I have seen where people get um, sort of going round in circles for a long, long time while they're trying to heal their relationships is the jump to the focus on communication. And the reason being, um, communication is very important. But imagine this, if you were talking to somebody who couldn't even understand your language, right? But you had friendship, connection, and trust between those two people they would find a way to communicate, right? You can get yourself understood if there's friendship, connection, and trust. So communication to me is like the icing on the cake. It's very important, but it's kind of like starting with the roof when you're trying to build a house. I think starting from the foundation allows that to be easy, whereas otherwise it's repetitive. You argue about something, you build this roof, and then it crashes, and then you argue about something else. So for me, I would suggest, and this is what I found to be most quick and powerful, is to start from the foundation up. So for me, the foundation of a, if you're building a house, right, you can't see the foundation. But once you build a house, you can't see the foundation. But that's the thing that's holding the whole structure. And to me, that is your healing of your own triggers and your own um, patterns that are now the lens with which you see your present. Great advice. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I would start there and then I'd build the walls, which is the friendship and the trust. And then the roof that's communication. I really like that analogy. You did a good job. (laughs) All right. Future plans. Where do you see yourself? What would you like to do next? Plans, man, I, I, um, I have, uh, a dream. <laughs> tell us. <laughs> no, when you tell us, you know it's going to be more likely to happen. So tell That's us. True. That's true. Let me put it out there. Put it in the universe. I want to um, do two things. I want to impact as many families as I can to create secure bonding and attachment within the family and then to pass on a legacy so they can change their intergenerational storyline. Right. And second, I would like to expand into um, the next level of the house, which is decorating inside the house and then the children inside the house. So passion and parenting. Um, That's what I see as filling up the house. So um, those are the two things. And I, but I imagine like retreats where you bring your whole family and you learn not just, you know, the relationship and your relationship with yourself, but also parenting. So the whole thing is a family healing and uh, passing on a different story. That's, that's what I'm imagining in the next 10 years. It's really a unique perspective, especially with the children, because most of this is without the children, but not for nothing. That's a lot of relationships. They fight over the kids, you know, what to do. That's and, right. Right. That's right. When you present the foundation, then now you have the joint energy and, and the power, like one plus one being greater than two, to really pass on a legacy that your children can lean on and stand on. Perfect. Sounds so wonderful. Thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. So welcome, Sharon. Thank you so much for having me. This was incredibly fun. We need to connect again soon and uh, I enjoyed it. Thank you to everyone. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Female Physician Entrepreneurs Podcast. If you like us, please give us a nice review and tell your family and friends about us. We'll see you on another episode.